Space Love Show for the love of music, lifestyle, well-being and culture while caring for our planet. On this show, I will be chatting with musicians, artists and creative minds that are living life on purpose by doing what they love. Welcome, Pat Tierney, to One Space Love. How are you today? Very well, Steph. Thanks so much for having us. Have you done any podcasts since our first podcast last year? Because I think I was your first. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I'm just trying to think. I've done a few interviews and stuff, but no, no podcasts. So this is number two. Oh, I'm still, I'm still number yeah, one. Number two. Number, <laughs> number one. Two, two. Number one. So, yeah. yeah, I'm st- uh, yeah. <laughs> We could go on a whole tangent yeah, yeah, with that. Yeah. Very cool, though. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I listened back to our chat and I encourage all the listeners to go back and listen to that first chat that we shared. It was, you know, I love all the chats I do, but what an incredible chat. I'd never met you before and we just went so deep in our conversation and you were so open to share. Yeah, it's really nice. So thank you. No, thank you. That was um, a lot of fun. I think I listened back a few times as well just to kind of, deconstruct it all and, and and it was really cool yeah yeah i don't usually like to hear myself talking but <laughs> yes, it was yes. kind of nice i'm the same yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but we flowed it was really nice yeah so what i picked up from the last chat which was around i feel like it was i, I think we would find it was almost a yeah, year yeah. ago if we yeah. really looked into yeah. it it feels like the same timing yeah. um you know you've had quite an incredible career as living as a musician, as an artist, as a songwriter. And one of the obstacles that you kept bringing up that you kept finding was something that you were attending to and overcoming was self-belief. So where are you at at that with self-belief at the moment? Yeah, great way to start. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think at that point I was really sort of in a good place. I'd overcome a lot of stuff and, um, I feel like now it's just kind of continued to to flow and I've, I've, I feel like I've definitely just kept stepping up the mountain that we all kind of mm-hmm. um, climb up. So I think, you know, when this year kicked around, it was um, just a good chance to take a big deep breath, um, set some new goals, um, do all that stuff you kind of do, change of years and everything. And um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose now I'm feeling pretty, pretty content and pretty, um, pretty happy with where I'm at in terms of you know belief and and motivation and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, excited for what what this year has to bring and um, just feeling mm-hmm. ready. I think that's kind of the important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to go into what you're focused on at the moment this year. But another thing I wanted to touch on that you talked about that you you learnt the lesson of being present. Yeah, yeah. And it was, I think, one of the gigs you were at with beautiful girls, and you realized it was one of those moments you you'd, you know, really wanted to call in and manifest. And then once you were there, you almost missed the whole moment. Yeah. Um, 
So it was you were saying it was a process and evolution to be present and there was you were practicing mindfulness. How how is that going? Are you keeping up a practice? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um you, you sort of I find myself coming in and out of it sometimes, but um I I commit to, you know, meditation every day as a, a basic must do, you know, whether it's 10, 20 minutes, whatever you can sort of find in your, your day-to-day um stuff but I, I continue to do that and um i've tried to sort of push that a little bit further so i try to do it twice a day now um you know when i wake up and then sort of when i'm going to sleep and that, i've found that to be really helpful you know just checking in in the morning and then at night time it's almost like a just a bit of a recap check in again and then it, um mm. i find when i'm doing that consistently um, you know, along with obviously playing music, playing guitar, uh, spending time with family, then it's the flow is certainly there. So um, it's just mm. about sort of keeping on top of it because sometimes you can, you know, you might get sick for a few days or you might um, go away and it's just important to really always check in and, and be consistent with it. That's the most important part for me anyway. Um and when I'm when I'm doing that, I'm I'm in good flow, you know. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, when we also spoke, we were talking about how important it was for you to experience parenthood, mm. and you were in a relationship. How, how has that been going? Um, in balancing what's been going on as a collective, and balancing all of that. Um, because it bring brought you a lot of clarity yeah. being an actual parent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. yeah I think um, it's just something you got to, I mean, I suppose after last year it was, it would have been easy for, for to sort of just, you know, crawl into a ball or into the field position. And, um, but I think, you know, when stuff happened for me last year, you know, music career, family stuff, um, I think it was just a matter of really uh, owning what was happening and just really um, diving into that, the muddiness sometimes. Like the more you resist, even when bad stuff's happening or negative things happening in your life. Um, last year was a great lesson because I really just embraced all the bad negative stuff uh, mm-hmm. and just really owned it. And, and that really helped me to like flow through it quicker and and um, get to a point where it's um, you know you kind of feel yourself again and you feel like you can start to um, get back in into career stuff and planning things and um, trying to get back to that you know pre kind of COVID um, space where you know you can feel like your career is kind of sustainable again and and you can really start to kick some more goals and stuff so um but yeah it's been a been a a testing year for i mean a lot of people but um like i think we talked about last time just trying to find those little silver linings and little little lessons in there even when Mm. things are not going so well so that's um Mm. yeah I've, i've been pretty pretty stoked to to flow through all that and and kind of get back into some good flow this year for sure. 
finding what your gratitude, what, what you're grateful yeah, for. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Coming back to that gratitude. Yeah, yep, yep. definitely. Because you were very much before we spoke, you know, you toured a lot and you were supporting a lot of big acts and that was, you know, always planning six months ahead. It was go, 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 mm. wasn't it? And then this really taught you to to slow down. So how are you finding that transition? I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Like now it's a matter, you still got to look at it as this is my, this is what I do. Yeah. Um, but how do you find that balance where you're you're not wired by what is the next six, 12 months look like? You know, you're able mm. to find more of a flow. Yeah, I think I'm still a bit, I'm still floating a little bit in that sense because yeah. I, I resisted planning anything at all really. I would kind of, you know, after last year and then I thought I'm just going to not plan too much and when gigs, shows, offers come, then I'll I'll kind of go with it. Um, and that's that's been a kind of good process just to step back and uh, allow that stuff to come in rather than kind of chasing it too much. Um, and, and it's funny now I'm feeling that that push or that energy again. Um, yeah, I think I felt it about a month or two ago because I was started working on new music and that spark or that energy, I felt it come back and I was like, oh, um, it was good. <laughs> but then at the same time, I was like, you know, trying not to get too far ahead uh, with with thoughts. Yep. Um, and you know, I I want to jump back on the road. I want to start touring. I want to think about going overseas again, but. There's obviously still some obstacles and barriers there. So it's an interesting space mm. to kind of be in at the moment. It just feels it's like yeah. a bit of a holding pattern almost. Yeah. It's totally, I mean, I, I resonate with everything <laughs> you're saying. Um, when, I mean, yeah, because I loved how you described it, like that robotic nature and now it's it's really finding a balance, mm. isn't it? Like you have this drive but it's mm. really trying to tend to find that balance. Where I wanted to take you now, like the new music, I mean, I follow you on Instagram and I see, yep. I mean, I loved Sweet Love, was it? An angel My we talked love, about yeah, last angels, time. Yep, yep. <laughs> but there's new music coming out. So when did this writing start coming through you? I'm going to cough. That's okay. um, yeah. yeah, I think the start of lockdown and stuff, COVID, um, I suppose I was constantly working on stuff. Uh, week to week and then I suppose when all that stuff kind of happened it was a good chance to go a little bit deeper and start to bring out some more songs and things and um, so I just kind of was doing about a song a week I think trying to um, I set, sort of set myself a challenge at the start of COVID um, song a week and it seemed to be okay, but um, there's probably. Can I ask a question yeah. there? Because you, so my sweet love and angel, you know, very much just came yeah, straight through yeah. you. Yeah. You know, so how did you when you set yourself this goal of one yeah. a week? How did you find that? Yeah, go. I think you were going to go oh, there anyway, but <laughs> I I struggled with it. It was it was through a, a like a songwriting club type of thing. So it was a bunch of songwriters get together. Okay. Uh, through an online portal and we submit a song, listen to each other's stuff, um, give some feedback, all that kind of thing. Uh, I really struggled with it because it was almost like um, 
that in itself was kind of this robotic thing that mm. I wanted to push myself a little bit, obviously. Um, but I found through doing that that it just wasn't resonating with me at all and it wasn't my way of kind of writing and stuff. Like for me, mm. I have to feel that energy and it sometimes can be around for mm-hmm. a few weeks and I'll write five or six songs and then it's gone and then I don't write something mm-hmm. for two months. But I've always been okay with that, you know, because I know it just comes and goes and comes and goes. So sitting mm-hmm. down, you know, it was almost like a school-like kind of homework thing that I really like was like, oh, this is weird. Um, so the first song that I did in that club was similar to Angels and My Sweet Love and it just 20 minutes it was written. and <laughs> But then every song from then on, the next three months was I found it really difficult to kind of tap in to that stuff. And I was still writing mm. other songs on the side and stuff, but um, it's almost like I needed to do that to kind of tune in again to where I was writing-wise and realise that that probably wasn't my style. But then uh, on the other hand, I was grateful that I'd gotten that first song <laughs> from the process because then that's become <laughs> it's this weird. What is that? Yeah, what song but, is that? Was that the new one, the first single? Yeah, so it's called Golden Lover, Silver Golden, Soul, yeah. and that was the first song from that whole club and process. So it's just just a okay. funny, ironic kind of thing that that's become the new single. Um, so let's talk about that song. Yeah. How, what do you think was the inspiration yeah. behind that for you? Um, I was living in Adelaide at the time and mm-hmm. it was pretty cold. It was... Um, you know, I'd never spent a lot of time in Adelaide, so I was probably feeling a little unsure, a little, um, you know, confused with what was happening and, and COVID had kind of just um, kicked in. And there was a, a homeless man that used to, I'd see every day, I'd leave our house, go to the mm-hmm. shops, do whatever, and I'd always just see him wandering around and, I think when I came to write that song, I, I started to think, you know, how did this guy get there? What's his story? You know, what choices has he made in life to kind of, um, or has he had any choices, you know, um, to get to this point? Um, and he just, I would continually see him, you know, he'd be in Coles, he'd be in the shops and everything, and he was always really pleasant and calm and 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 stuff, but I'd always just see him wandering around and it, it just always it just got me thinking. And then that song um just kind of came out with that in mind. Um mm. but then I think as most times I write a song, they always tend to end up coming back to you as well. So I think there's parts mm-hmm. of me in the song about what was happening and then mm-hmm. maybe some stuff about this this guy as well. <laughs> Hmm. I was just, I watched recently the documentary, The Wisdom of Trauma, and it talks a lot about the homeless people mm. and looking them as a soul, you know, that they're, they're just souls that are not really process the trauma. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the title of your track, Golden Lover, Silver Soul, yeah, just reminded me. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Um, I think, and I think something in that song that, stuck out to me too is that I always tend to gravitate towards uh, 
the natural kind of world in, in lyrics and stuff. There's always stuff popping up for me, um, you know, about the moon and the ocean and, and mountains and things. Yep. So it was interesting to kind of keep exploring that stuff because it just it just comes out, you know, you don't really mm. I don't sort of tend to sit down and think, oh, I'm gonna write about this or that. It just kind of when it's good and when it's happening, it just it's just coming out. Unless you're in a songwriter club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was the thing. It was sometimes there'd be themes or ideas about, you know, what to write about. So I found that all very interesting. But um I suppose again like like last year it was about lessons and, and sort of um, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, I suppose. So that's been a fun mm-hmm. journey, yeah. And so how is how have you worked through the rest of the album now and what, what are we expecting coming up? And Yeah, so I think it's um, it's been a slow process but um, kind of like how I did the last album, I've just been sort of chipping away at songs and, and trying to get, you know, maybe 15 to 20 rough uh, songs or the skeletons of the song anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I went in with Paulie again a couple of months ago up this, the studio up, up this way and, um, yeah, it was the same sort of process, which is, which is great, um, just getting in and, and playing and then um, – sort of working out what's sounding good, what's, you know, maybe not not working. Um, and I think our relationship now is quite quite strong and trusting. We kind of just know when to push and when to pull mm. back. We don't really have to say too much, you know. Mm. It's just a, a good kind of synergy. And um, that, that relationship's been great as well because I saw it evolve over the recording of Red Moon and then it, it's kind of just great to be at a, a point now where it's, um, you know, we, we both just kind of tuned into each other, you know, musically. Um, so that, Take us on a bit of a vivid, like, what's it like to be in the studio with Paulie B? Like, Yeah, it's just very relaxed, you know. it's There's mm-hmm. no sort of stress or pressure or the thought of, oh, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. Um it, it all flows very well, which ties into how I like to work as well. Um, mm. And I think we we found out or discovered early on that that was our workflow, you know. Um, I'm sure he has different mm. processes with other artists, but for us it was very um, obvious early on that we'd found a, a, a good sort of um, relationship in the studio and we kind of could bounce off each other, throw ideas around. Um, we know when someone's getting excited about something or when someone's maybe not <laughs> excited about something. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just just easy and the flow, um, the flow's always there, which I think is, you know, such an important part about working with someone that kind of intimately in, the, in that setting. Completely, the flow and the yeah, trust. Yeah, trust is a big one too, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Last time we were talking about you were sort of almost looking at your life in a bird's eye view and what was important to you was yourself, your career, your relationship. Yep. What do you stand for and what do you want to yeah. be? Let's go there now. Like are those topics. Yeah, yeah, big ones, <laughs> big life ones. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's it's all you know flowed from there. Like, um, I think for me now, it's it's um, you know um, just a matter of sort of checking in with those things consistently. You know, um, I suppose last year it was easy to feel like you were just floating in the darkness a bit or out of control of maybe some of those elements or those things. But I think um, this year's, you know, been really, really good for me personally. Like I've just been open, you know, for what one of the first mm-hmm. times in my life I think where it was like I'm here, I'm open, um, you know, just open to what's going to happen rather than trying to dictate too much about how life should be or how it should go. So um, that's been a pretty pretty good feeling just to to kind of own that and and just be vulnerable, be open, be um, be aware and just, um, yeah, I think that answers or gets somewhere in there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you you grew up with your mum working in Indigenous communities in the health health sector, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Working, um, and so that was a really important um, element for you that you wanted to be able to weave into your work. Yeah, yeah. Do you find you've had the space to see, or you're just sort of letting that unfold? At yeah, the moment? I think I've definitely. It's always been something I've I've done without even thinking about it too much, I suppose. But I mm. suppose in the last 12 months, you know, culturally and socially, a lot of that stuff's obviously uh, brewed and risen up to be at the forefront a bit more. So I think it's, you know, it's important for, for me and, I mean, for everyone um, just to keep consistent with that, I think, rather than jumping on when it's, you know, um, time like I suppose just keep turning up you know and that's something I've always told Mm. to try to tell people like it's great to be a part of these big pushes and movements when things are it's usually when things have gone wrong you know which is which is kind of bad but just keep turning up keep um integrated in all of your life if it's something you 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 know you resonate with you're passionate with that's something that you want to you know, talk about with people, just keep keep turning up, keep it consistent, keep, um, you know, keep doing your part, what you can do, you know, rather than, mm. uh, you know, especially with social media and stuff, it's easy just to jump on um, bandwagons and movements. But if it's something deep down that you want to kind of um, talk about and, and push and stride towards like just just keep turning up and that's that's kind of you know what what we can do um mm. you know as a country i suppose starting there i think that's that's really important mm. 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 i love that you're learning how to surrender and and move into the flow what's coming to me now is there something in the stillness that you're still dreaming up and wanting to manifest because last time we spoke during COVID you got to play with Ash Grunwald which was for the first time and I remember you were actually finally 
like able to sit in yeah. it and say I was present yeah. with it. You got to play to an intimate audience. It was like your sweet yeah. spot. It was like where you wanted yeah. to be, where people were attentive and listening. Yeah, that was a, a really beautiful kind of um, process of manifesting it and then just feeling it and being completely present. And I remember one of the shows sitting on stage and halfway through a song and playing it and I could literally just feel my body kind of tingling and like I was like this is where I'm supposed to be right now, like at one of those moments. And um, so I think, you know, going forward it's like trying to tap into those um, that energy in those moments and um, my goal, my biggest goal I think is still to get overseas, you know, to, to Europe and uh, North American stuff and really put a lot of energy into that touring and um, tapping into that, that market and, and that. Um, so, which is, we'll just see how this year kind of shakes out because it's sort of hard to know when that might be possible or um, mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest goal at the moment is to really uh, push into those areas. Is there an artist that you strive to to work alongside on the European-American front more than an Australian? Yeah, yeah I think, I mean, I think because when we spoke, I'd been to the uh, seed workshop with John yes, and Danny. John Butler. So I think, mm. um, you know, John's definitely someone that uh, would sort of jump out to be a, a dream kind of tour across those places. Incredible, um, yeah. And, you know, potentially someone like Xavier Rudd or um, one of those guys, I think, because when I, you know, when I was first growing up and getting into music, that those were the, the guys that were really kind of shining the light, um, you know, along with Ben Harper and stuff. So I think. Being able to play with one of those guys or touring would be a, you know, absolute dream. Mm. I would be very happy to see you playing with anyone. <laughs> I saw I saw an, a beautiful clip of you and John Butler, and I can't just the song you sang was just absolutely sang to my heart. But I can't remember the name of it. It was on YouTube. Yeah. Maybe there's lots I think of it's them. Crazy, but you crazy were, dreams. It's called. Yes. Yeah. Is that a song that you, is that yeah. one of your songs off yeah. Red Moon? So that was a pretty crazy moment. It was part of that workshop and then one one of the nights okay. it just was a big open mic, basically jam night kind of thing, you know. So there was about 20 songwriters there and we all crammed into this beautiful little room where we were staying and, you know, 50 or 60 people in the room and everyone just kind of got up and took turns about talking and playing some songs and stuff and um, I played one of my songs and then um, Carlo, who works with those guys too, um, I think you know. And Natalie Rice as well. Yeah, yeah. He kind of came over and whispered to me, I'm just stay up on stage and then luckily John had his slide guitar at the workshop as well and I was kind of like, whoa, (laughs) totally unexpected, Mm -hmm. you know. And then it was. You seem surprised in the video. Like 
you it took you a moment and then you dropped into yeah, it think, and that's when the it was like the sweet I think spot. There was just a minute yeah. or two there where I was sort of like this, Out of is, body. this is happening. Like and I yep. I suppose I should have expected it because he was there and we were, you know, um but it just kind of hit me. And then I think once I started playing the song, I was like, and strangely the song kind of perfectly summed up that week because there was all these kind of emerging songwriters there striving and chasing this passion of theirs that, you know, that they've put so many hours and blood and sweat and tears into. And I remember singing the opening line, don't give up on your crazy dreams. And I just remember hearing this collective, like, sort of like, not a sigh, but like a, like, oh, like, wow. And it was just in that one line and I was like, Another one of those moments where it was like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be uh, moments. And it was just like, and then seeing that song, it just felt, you know, the timing and the, the um, it was just crazy. <laughs> it was it crazy. Was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a crazy yeah, dream. And then just, you know, something I dreamed about is um, when I was younger, you know, was playing fly guitar mm. with some of my heroes. So, and then I was, playing a line and then looking over at John and then he was. And John going off yeah, on the slide. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Just one of those moments where you're like yeah, you're so yeah, yeah. grateful and just humbled to be here, you know. It was just such an amazing mm. experience. I remember just. Tell us. Yeah, oh, sorry, okay. Just afterwards just yeah. floating, just walking around for like two hours, just like, mm. you know, sharing a red wine and just floating and just like, whoa. <laughs> well, I felt it when I watched it. I will share the yeah, video yeah. for the listeners. Um, let's uh, let's touch a little bit more on the seed project. Like, where is that in your timeline, and how did you get into yeah. that, and how did you find working with all of the team? Yeah, so that was early March. So whilst we were there, twenty twenty, early March, the it was in twenty twenty. Yeah, the Corona stuff had just sort of. We okay. were hearing some whispers, and but I think everyone there just thought it was going to be like the ones from years ago. Like it sort of comes for a week or two, and then it and, yeah. just fades off. So yeah. no one really thought twice about it. And we were so locked into kind of what we were doing, we just weren't really paying too much attention. But you know, I'd applied over the years, um, and then I remember the year before, I thought I was in. Like I just was like, oh. I've got it. And then I, mm. you know, there's a lot of people that obviously go for it. So I remember getting the, unfortunately this year, you're not, you know, and I was so devastated. I was like, for about a week, I was like, oh no. Um, and then for when I applied for this one, I, um, I remember just applying and just being really free about it, sending off the application and just being really content with you know, if I get in, I get in. If I don't, I don't. It's it's about timing and it's about other there's other elements at work, I suppose. Um and then I just didn't think much about it for a while. And then months later, you know, the email came in, you've you've been invited or accepted. And I remember sort of I was excited, but I was also just like, Yeah, yeah, of course. Like um it was just like a really nice time. Yeah, the right. Right. I was like, Yeah, sweet, perfect. And I think that helped when I went in because I was just very 
relaxed and very, um, you know, grateful to be there. And and I remember just mm-hmm. being so present there as well. I'd never really um, gone into something like that musically anyway. Like it was almost like a little camp, you know, for a week. Um, and, and coming together with like 25 strangers that you've never met before can sometimes be a little bit daunting. Um, but I remember turning up. Is there anyone that you that you met that you you know is is doing really well with music wise at the moment that you yeah well I mean that's where I met uh Nat Carey we that's what I thought I'm just letting you we, say it <laughs> we kind of just the first day I think just kind of energetically just ended up kind of together and that was really nice and um she kind of became just a, a good buddy to have at the camp to check in with each day and like um and there was a few of us like that and three or four of us and throughout the week it wasn't in a week we all found out that we it became obvious that we were all from the similar area which was really interesting Mm. so it was myself nat um kyle lionheart was there and a couple of others that we just naturally ended up always in a group and then at the end of the week we're kind of Mm. like Thinking about it, like we're all from like Northern Rivers, <laughs> Southeast Queensland. Like, what's <laughs> there's something going on there, you know? Just and I suppose it's just Mm-mm. energetically we were in similar spots and stuff. But um, yeah, it was an incredible week, incredible week. Like it just inspiring, um, you know. Really pushed everyone to the brink in a good way. Just dived really deep into you know, career and, and personal kind of and, – and whilst we were there, we kind of realised it wasn't so much about the music. It was more about, uh, you know, personal growth, mental health. That was kind of the biggest thing that came out of that week. And I think it changes every mm-hmm. year for them, you know. It's not always it, – they kind of let the people that come sort of dictate where it's mm-hmm. – going to go rather than being too yeah. forceful about stuff which I found really really beautiful um so by the end of the week it it kind of had its own flavor and its own character that they talked about as well that happens each year which I think is really really special yeah mm. two incredible well the whole team mm. incredible souls that they've created this the seed project yeah absolutely and like Carlo mm. was someone that I gravitated to straight away as well, just a very calm, peaceful mm. kind of soul, you know, but so switched on that it was just like. Business-wise, yeah, yeah, music industry, so business-wise. So inspiring wise, to yeah. see. And I think, you know, meeting all the yeah, the artists there and some of the managers and stuff, um, you know, we, we still keep in touch uh, pretty frequently, which I suppose is, you know, what John and Denny and the whole crew have, tried to or not tried to have created that have created a music family family just grows and grows Mm. and grows you know each each year and Mm. spreads around the country and um connects people Mm. um you know for a lifetime so it's Mm. yeah I, i got home after it and i was i was just floating but ready to take on the world literally i had the Canadian American tours booked, and I was like, "This is the perfect 
little stepping stone and then within Launch yeah, and within a week <laughs> it was like COVID lockdowns, like by mid-March I think. Flatline. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa, <laughs> like just mind-blowing because everyone there had tours booked, albums to release, like ready to go and then it was just the universe. And then uh, looking back, it's like I'm so grateful that we squeezed that in because if it had been two weeks later we wouldn't have been able to do it. So just finding that gratitude that we at least got to do it. <laughs> Completely. I mean, even with um, Nat, mm. I mean, look at, you know, just the our album that she was going to, the project she was going to yeah. launch and the touring and all of that coming to a halt. Yeah. I think that, you know, in mm. saying that, it feels like you were exactly where you were meant to be to doing that yeah. course. And the pause that you've had has enabled you to, to really get strong on what the next step is, you know, come from that really grounded place. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, yeah, that was honestly one of the musical highlights of my life, just being able to go there and and, um, Mm. just get some kind of clarity and and just be, be in a room with that many other people striving towards the same kind of thing. It's really powerful mm. stuff that I'd never really musically experienced before. Um, and I remember leaving just just with a spark. I had, there was electricity running through me. I could feel it. Um, and I know people around me could feel it, like, after I go like, whoa, like, you're different <laughs> in a good way. You know, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm here. So, Do you think it's because you, you felt like, you had been seen in, you know, you had this vision since such a young age when you saw Ben Harper and people have to go back and listen to the first chat because we're not going to tell you the whole story. (laughs) But, you know, seeing Ben Harper and then getting your dad to make the slide guitar out of your guitar, you know, perhaps there was moments which, we, you know, we know that there was of self-doubt going, am am I on the right path? Is Am I actually able to sit in being a performing musician and perhaps being in this, gathering of like-minded mm. creative souls you will able you were able to sit in it and be seen yeah absolutely there was definitely some validation mm. and being seen um for sure and that's something that i remember just taking away with me was like you know i felt a part of something bigger than me on a deeper level than just you know mm. what i'd usually experienced it was so strong it was just like you know I, I get that when I'm playing when I'm writing and performing and meeting people mm. but this was just on another another level and I think just the energy and the, the space there allowed us to to dive so deeply into mm. that um and just mm. being so present and open there um was powerful in it I suppose leapfrogging on from that is like being conscious and being, you know, really mindful and aware of taking that forward since then, you know, um, and, and creating that kind of space and energy at shows as well where people can just let go, come into your space and then, you know. One space. Yeah, one space love, that's it. <laughs> and that's what it's all about, you know. Thank you. I like that. <laughs> but, I, you know, I've always been passionate about setting the space where 
where the audience and the musicians can create that interaction of energy. Mm. And I think that's what it feels like you you experienced in that workshop, like that constant exchange of energy. And, and when you have that, it's electrifying, yeah. it, it's energising, it's vibration, you know, it's um, it's a power of music. Yeah, it just, it just made me, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that's okay. It just made me realise even more how, how powerful, how, you know, how connected music makes us. Um, mm. Because I think, I think sometimes along the way you just need little, maybe not reminders, but just little points where you kind of, you know, you can nod your head and go, yeah, um, just to check in with yourself again about what you're doing. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of the people there, I could feel it too from them. It was like this, just this little checkpoint of kind of validation, just a little nudge to be like, just keep keep doing what you're doing, you know. Um, mm. Keep making the art that you want to make, keep writing songs keep chasing your dreams keep keep on the path keep climbing crazy keep climbing the mountain you know (laughs) that's what what it was all about and strangely keep climbing the mountain strangely after it they said you know we were sort of leaving and um i remember that stuck with me because of everything that happened i was like you know this we we don't know what happens next year we don't know if we'll do this workshop again we just never really know um, and then obviously like, yeah, within a week, the whole music industry was basically just collapsed on its knees. So it was just this complete roller coaster of like riding that high and then feeling the collective like energy of the music industry, friends, family, just completely collapsing. It was like a crazy few weeks there of emotions, yeah. I mean, I caught up with Danny on the Blues Fest special that I ran and just after the news, the day after the news, the Blues Fest was cancelled, you know, and they were so looking forward to come together. Everyone I spoke to, the similar um, response was we were just so looking forward to coming together with our music family and being in the same place and exchanging that energy through, you know, the festival and and the performance and and collaborating with other artists on the stage, yeah. and that was another big part that they were looking yeah, forward for to. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of the times it's like goes, yeah, it goes beyond the even the act of playing on stage and stuff. It's just like about yeah. coming together. That's for the audience, mm. for the musicians as well, feeling like they're part of, you know, there's something bigger. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's a very unknown time. We don't know. It's true, yeah. Yeah. Mysterious. Mm. It's mysterious. Yeah. I think mysterious is nicer than yeah. unknown. I like that. And I love you said, I'm going to do more of what I want to do. Mm. So I think that's a beautiful segue from what you just said. Yeah. Like that workshop was a real reminder to keep showing up, doing what yeah. you love, doing what you do. Yeah, I think just being, I've tried to take that throughout my whole career is just write the songs you want to write, you know, do what mm. do what you're doing. Um, it might not, you know, when you release music, this was something um, that I remember Matt from the Beautiful Girls saying to me because I, when I was touring with him, he, we'd, you know, we'd sit and chat and he said, just don't worry about the music being 
received right now, just release it. it it's it's from you. Mm. It's from your heart. It's true. It might not be for right now. The music you release might be for 10 years from now for something. So just release it. Mm. It's not always going to hit. Stuff's not always going to hit straight away. And I think that was something really cool to hear. It's like so many people releasing music in this day and age and it's all about like singles and releasing stuff that hits straight away that gets into the charts, mm. gets whatever, and it's all about results and stuff. And, um, yeah, I think just hearing that from him, someone who's been in the industry and had some hits and stuff was cool because it mm. was like just another good reminder of to keep doing what you're doing, you know. Don't worry about mm. the industry. Don't worry about if it's going to hit straight away. Just put it out if it's from you and it's real and you like it. That's all that matters. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at now. It's just like harnessing more of that energy of just I'm going to release the songs I want to release. It might not be this big sort of thing to start with, but when you look back, you know, in 30 or 40 years, you want to be able to kind of be proud of your legacy and what you've released and the songs that you have out and stuff. So that that's just where I'm at at the moment, probably on a even on a more deeper level. Have we got a name for the new album coming out? Uh doesn't have a name yet. It's kind of okay. I think my plan is just to put a few singles out throughout the year. So the next the first okay. one will be uh next month. Golden Lovers, Silver yeah. Silver Soul is the yeah. first one coming out next, next month. month. And then um, mm-hmm. I think we'll work away at maybe putting another one or two singles out toward before the end of the year. And then, um, yeah, I think early next year, um, would, you know, that'll be the time to get the, the album out. And, um, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, by that time international touring might be a thing again, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the the goal I'm working towards at the moment. And I love that these are almost like little breadcrumbs yeah. of what could happen, yeah. but there's also an acceptance of, you know, when the next single comes out, it's going to come out when it feels yeah. like I'm called to bring it out. And and I think that it's important for the listeners to connect with you on social media and on your mailing list and to stay in touch with you and stay connected with you and, and that way you can get deep into Pat's story and what it is your your soul shares. Yeah, for sure. I think we mentioned that sort of last time that, mm. you know, when you find artists um, really kind of tapping into the whole, the whole story rather than jumping from singles to singles and stuff, like, and it's an easy thing to do obviously with Spotify and streaming, but um, mm. I always love kind of finding artists and then just slowly kind of, tapping into their their story and their music because you know some artists are very eclectic and very varied and very um different with the way they kind of tell their story so sometimes you kind of mm. you know and always comes back to Ben Harper but for me it's like oh it's one of my yeah. honestly my top for, top for me it's like <laughs> I have every yeah. album in a collection I've seen all these Australian yeah. shows well Around my yeah, area, I should yeah. say, Sydney. Um, yeah. For someone like him, it's like, and that's something I strive towards is 
just the varied nature of what he's able to do. And, you know, he's got some more commercial hits, but then he's also got <laughs> gospel albums. He's got blues albums. He's, you know, it's just there's no kind of restrictions or limits on what he's doing. So I think for me going forward, that's that's another goal just to be to be really open with what styles I'm writing in and collaborating, you know, people collaborating with people. And um, that's sort of another big goal this year, I think, is to kind of open that up and not be too, you know, if it's going to be a folk song, if it's going to be a, you know, country blues song, if it's going to be this and that, just go with it and don't, don't try to be anything really. Just, okay. yeah, the yeah, genre. for sure. Yeah. We, I mean, I've got my, kind of sound but but just being open and that and that's really exciting mm. i'm really excited to see what how you know it all unfolds yeah. and and yeah yeah it's a good feeling i think continue to watch your journey For sure. yeah yeah um i think on this album i want to explore you know a lot more rhythmic you know sonic uh, more percussion, more just be open to a lot of the elements that I know Paulie, you know, brings to the table. So that's kind of cool, just pushing a little bit further onto his. I think for Red Moon we we kind of met in a good place halfway in terms of like stylistically where we were coming from. So I think with this one I'm a bit more open and, um, and ready to kind of lean into his uh, musical background a bit more too while mm. still Obviously, having my thing, but I'm just very open to that for the, this time around, which is which is yeah. cool. That's mm. exciting. And let's mention, like, what you know, if one or two of your favorite um, artists that Paulie B. Because I mean, I know, but so the listeners can understand yeah. that that he works with. Yeah. So I mean, uh, the obvious one would be Bobby Alu, um, mm-hmm. and that was kind of where I first heard Paulie's production and recording and stuff. Um, but then. I think around that time I was also listening to Kui a lot and yeah. Kingfisher. Uh, yep. he's, he's worked with them a fair bit. Um, so it was all that kind of re- heavy percussive, uh, re- you know, reggae world sort of African beat influence stuff, um, which I've always mm-hmm. really gravitated towards, which, and it's funny when, when, like reggae music is probably one of the most listened to genres that I take in. And it's strange because when I tell people that or people realise they're like, well, that's weird. Like <laughs> you play like this acoustic, mellow kind of melancholy folk music. Folk. But yeah. I, I, yeah. I draw so much influence from reggae. It might not come out obviously or stylistically, but it's a huge, mm-hmm. huge influence on how I write. And just the energy and the message around it and stuff. Um, but yeah, just funny when people kind of you know they look what, what you're a, you're a reggae guy and it's like I know old oh, oh yeah I listen to this this and that and then people are like oh yeah cool cool <laughs> so it's just funny yeah. And I and I think you know knowing that this space you're in now, if you can come into that space with Paulie and really trust. As you're saying, you know, all his background yeah. and all his music, also his musical background um, yeah. as a musician yeah. as well as a, a sound engineer, um, 
that you could just completely surrender into where the sounds go. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's it. Exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, that, that feels exciting. <laughs> I think even on this first single, we I kind of had a, a rough idea of how I th- sort of thought it would sound. And then mm-hmm. when we got into the studio, it kind of just went down this other path. Yeah. That sort of really excited me. It was like what I was open to and it just that's exactly how it kind of finished so it was like I can hear you know the song kind of still has a foot in my last album but it's also like okay we're going here as well so it was just it's nice to be able to hear that in a song you know for me personally when I listen to it so um yeah it's exciting to have that on the horizon because that first single I think always once you sort of get that out, it gives it that nice, you get that sort of push or that rush of energy that allows you to keep kind of flowing into the rest of the album. And the graphics on um, the promotion for the new single coming out, was that an artist that you worked with or yeah. where did so that that's my come brother, about? Jack, who does all my Your my brother. brother. So he does. Oh, let's mention yeah, that. He, he's yeah. done all my artwork <laughs> for everything. So since I. Incredible. Nine, I did like a little DIY bedroom EP, and you know he did the cover for that, and we burnt all the CD. It was very DIY old school that first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he was just starting to get into music design and stuff around then, so it was kind of like the perfect um, sort of launch for him as well, because then he's he's gone on to do some amazing stuff like working with festivals and designing stuff for um, some pretty big Australian acts and stuff. So it's it's been great to see okay. our careers kind of, you know, go alongside each other because they kind of started literally around the same mm-hmm. time with that first EP that I did. So it's been really cool. Was this a brother that opened the opportunity for you to meet Ben Harper behind the stage? Yes, yes. So he was... Um, yes. <laughs> he did all the graphics for Queenscliff music festival but he's done right. that over the years a few times yes. um and that is what led to that ben harper meeting so that was yep. kind of cool <laughs> as well because it all just flowed back to that family kind of stuff and mm. um yeah every ep every single every poster every kind of thing that i've done he's he's been the uh the man behind the the magic and that's been cool to keep that. Is this an older brother or yeah, yeah, older Jack's brother? A few old, uh, years older. Yeah. Um, okay. And, um, it's just been cool to have that consistency. I think of quality art work and branding and stuff behind what I'm doing musically. Um, mm. That's been important, and I maybe one day, but I, I can't imagine not doing everything I do with him, just because we have a such a good understanding mm. and. Um, yeah, it's a it's fantastic um, graphic that he's, well, artwork yeah. that he's done for the new Because usually I don't mm. have, I'm not too particular about the art. I have a rough idea, but I'm always very, mm. whereas this time around I kind of knew stylistically and branding I thought this is where I want to go with it this time around. Mm. And um, I don't have to say too much most of the time. He'll just send back ideas and nine times out of ten I'm like that's it 
that's it. Mm. It's just this like mm. thing going on, obviously, like brothers or sisters, you know. Um, and so that's really cool because it's, you know, firstly, it's you're working with family, so it's just a nice, you know, beautiful way to kind of do things. And secondly, I don't, I just never really have to be too particular because it, he 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 gets what I'm. Yeah, he gets, you. he gets it. So that's really cool. And you know, it feels like you're in a in an incredible space. Um, you know, you have Paulie who supports you and gets you, and then your brother. You know, got all these incredible musicians around yeah. you. You're in a good supporting supportive space. So I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. Yeah, it's um, it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting times. Just that it almost feels that sort of calm before the the storm of, you know, re- releasing mm. stuff and getting into another album. You've got to have that little lull, I suppose. Um, Perhaps. So it's nice to just, like, make the most of that, take some big breaths and, like, get ready for mm. that that big sort of shift into releasing music again and, and you know, fingers crossed, mm. hopefully getting out there and touring, touring again. I yeah, believe you will. We'll I see. see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not even, I have no expectations now, which is kind of good just to go with the flow. It's a good place yeah. to be in, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I mean, okay. I could keep talking to you, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining me on One Space Love today. Thank you, Steph. Thanks so much for having us. Mm. You've been listening to One Space Love Podcast and I'm Steph Pappas. Thank you for listening. You can head over to onespace.love to learn more about what it is One Space is and over on the website, all of the previous podcasts are available. You can watch the chats on video on our YouTube channel, One Space Love. You can also see the music that's featured and see how to connect with the radio shows that I'm on, Radio Byron and Bondi Beach Radio that I feature weekly where I share these chats as well as music. I hope these shows inspire you to create more space in your life for doing what you love.